is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, hope you like some action tonight, guys. Yeah, buddy. Because that's all we got on the schedule. Schmaction. It's, it's, it's some schmaction, some action, no NBA, no NFL, though we do get a chance to finally take a deep breath after what we saw in week nine in the NFL, because we are, as uh, Mike Francesa would say, I can't believe we're in week 10, Scott. I can't, can't believe we're in week. week 10 of the NFL officially starts now, yeah. and we'll get to our power we're rankings, of course, stretch. a little bit later. You know, it does kind of feel that way. We are past the halfway point in the NFL season, mm-hmm. guys. Oh, and man. past the past the half. Like, we're not actually, even one yeah. week past, you know? So we'll take 18 divided by one, nine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. We're actually past it. There yep. you go. Boom, boom. We have passed the halfway point. Moving a little bit too quickly. College football, especially. It's almost over. Like, the season's over in a month. Yep. It's as crazy. As I mean, we got bowl season. Thanksgiving but... comes around. That's that's all she wrote, folks. Yep. And then it's the NFL. I mean, we do have college hoops tipping off. Not the best matchups, but, man, no. last night, how about... James Madison. Yeah, how about those dudes? Knocking off a top five team, Michigan State, going down. Tom Izzo says he might have to switch up the starting lineup already after night mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, like usually you don't see anything like that. Most of these games, everybody's like a 26 and a half to 32 and a half point uh, favorite. Our UCLA under did come in last night, and we needed some that. money back because, uh, guys, it was, I don't want to say it was a bad beat, but I felt like one of those people that was on like Twitter last night or uh-huh. X, whatever. Twitter X, and I wanted, X Twitter. I wanted to ask our good friends at BetMGM if I could have my money back because, yeah, Brees all played in that game, but you guys left, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, Michael Carter, the sequel, yep. he came in and he yeah. stole all all the targets. He, yep. he had like eight receptions on that final drive. Uh, the Zach Wilson band obviously can't push the ball down the field, even though he attempted to for the first four quarters of the game. Then all of a sudden, it's dinking and dunking down the field. Uh-huh. Everything wide open underneath. And uh, I lost money because Brees Hall was not on the other end of those receptions. And he had that reception. And then there was a flag. And then it was called back. Blocking, and then that was it. Blocking the back. Yeah, which was Gary Wilson. completely unnecessary, too. And, and then like, Austin Eckler had a drop that would have brought that home. So, uh the under hit, but I should have just stayed away from props in the ugliest game ever. I hate the Jets right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers is he has got a target date. He wants to come back against your commanders hey, in six weeks. We'll take it. It's like Rocky, get in strong. He said a few a few fortnights, if think, you will, which I, don't I didn't think know was going to be really any reason, though, because the Jets may not win another game with Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. I think you got to go to Trevor Simeon, and I've seen Trevor really? Simeon. Oh, Zach Wilson's bad. Yeah, he's back to yeah. being, like, bad, bad. They're not. I they're not going see, to though. I didn't see him being that bad actually. Oh, I've seen a lot worse from Zach. Well, that's Wilson. that's what Robert Sala said what, too. What that's a great exactly line. a ringing This was not by far his worst game of his career. Whatever like, he said. I don't. I just like, don't think that like that week. You know, yesterday is where we call for his head on a spike. That was many weeks ago, and he's gotten much better yeah. since then. I understood it then, and everybody's like, "Give him time." He is improving very clearly. I didn't think. Zach Wilson played that bad, honestly. But when the floor, Trista, is three floors down, and now it's like one below us, 
we still have to look and go, God, he's just still not good. Like, yes, it was better than what we've seen. He's improved. But he's improved from being the worst quarterback in the NFL to, I don't know, one of the worst quarterbacks in the but NFL. we've seen him. What did he have? He had 263 yards. Pass rate of, of 80, 67% completion rating. That's not so bad. That's a lot actually, of that came in the fourth quarter. So? When everything was garbage time. Padding those stats. I mean... He just doesn't understand that, 245 like, yards against the Chiefs, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 105 passer rating. They scored six points. The running sideline to sideline. I can't, I can't do it anymore with Zach Wilson going sideline to sideline and never moving forward and not pushing the ball He's up awful. the field. He's like, so that's bad. the thing. And again, He's like, bad. I, I get it. Robert Sala was right. It wasn't his worst game of his career. I didn't find it to it, be offensive in any way. I think Robert, <laughs> that shows how bad they've been. Like, that's the point. They've been so did you, bad. Did you have, like, the, all the unders hit for you or something? No, no, no I did not. Oh. Keenan Allen under did not hit, and Garrett Wilson under did not hit. So I lost everything. I didn't. I didn't win What's a single this? bet. What's behind this? New, I just, new love for Zach. No, Wilson. I don't. I don't love him. I just. I just don't see why. You think he's better than Trevor Simeon? Yeah, and it's like it's well, probably fair. Let's if you if you bench Zach Wilson now, you might as well say this man will never play in the NFL again, right? Because Trevor Simeon, Simeon clearly doesn't have it. No, and we've known that for a long time. So. We're just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back. Aaron Rodgers like Zach Wilson. You're building on a young guy. Yeah. Maybe you think about trying to get his uh, his value up higher so that maybe you can move him or something like they did uh, with Trey Lance. They didn't get much back for Trey Lance, but they got something. A six-round pick. Yeah, so like, okay, maybe that's what you're trying to do. I just don't see the point of it, really. You know what they could do? Joe Flacco, everybody. No, Let's no, bring back no, some so Joe Flacco. Right. He was offensive. Yeah, he was offensive. You might I, be right. I honestly did not find Zach Wilson to be like that bad. I mean, there were some misses for, especially Brees Hall misses. We, we he, I don't he, want to talk about that. There was a lot of open guys it. that weren't Garrett Wilson that were being overlooked. He was not taking the easy, uh, the easy quick pass. Right. Yeah, he was yeah. just trying to go with these deep balls, but like he didn't run backwards really at all. You know, he start. He did not. He did not get. How Simple. many times was he sacked? I don't think it was that a bunch. Much. Like five. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It didn't feel like that. Like it didn't times. feel that bad, honestly. Really. That's, yeah, again, I mean, because the standards are so low. Right. You're like, this wasn't so bad, and it's exactly. like, yeah, compared the, to where it was exactly, before. Exactly. Like Robert Sala had to come out and say that he's he, he is now dying his uh, what coach beard says his that? beard black because did he, he say that? that he probably like, has gray oh. hairs in that thing. Like seriously, yeah, that's that was an exact quote. Honestly, Robert, we've seen worse from Robert Sala doing what he did last night for Zach Wilson is like you talking about a friend the next day going, you know, you didn't get kicked out of the bar or get in a fight, so that was good. No, this is, yeah, this like, is like my wife, like at my cousin Jessica's wedding, um, I grabbed the microphone oh no. from the band and I did a little Friends in Low Places. <laughs> oh no. And everybody was like, man, we've never seen Ryan this drunk. And Amanda <laughs> was like, oh God, you should see him like every other Saturday. You this isn't his worst drunk experience you is what him she in said. in Las Vegas at Dre's at 5.30 a.m. Was it Ryan's best <laughs> you know? time at the bar? No. But was it his worst time at the bar? Definitely not. I'm you not going to say it was even close. Yeah, you wait till uh, My Way comes on by Usher at 4.30 a.m. in <laughs> Las Vegas. That's when it gets going. Yeah, is I anybody mean, on anything tonight? By the way, yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there because there's no NBA, there's no NFL, there's Maction and some college hoops, and it just I'm gonna be honest with you guys, this is a purge night for me. After the, this past weekend in the NFL, I broke even last night. Good for you. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm done. I'm taking a night off. I'm there's not, not doing much, anything tonight. There's not much out there really uh, to bet on unless you're, you know, deep into the weeds on Horvat. You like Horvat? You is right. Yeah. 
And so maybe you just we just sit back and watch. And in terms of college basketball, there's not a game that I'm particularly feeling strong about. Well, St. John's went to eight from eighteen and a half to nineteen and a half, but I'm not interested in, in betting that. I want to see how Patino and them boys look. Yeah, I don't like anything with the big favorites tonight, really. I do like Auburn. I bet them uh, a little bit earlier, and we've had some line movement uh, where they were one-point dogs. Now they're favored in the game. I think that makes sense. Like, Baylor's probably going to be a top-15 team when it's all said and done, but they lose a lot. They lose 68% of their scoring. Four of their five starters are gone. That's all they did well last year. Their defense was terrible. Jalen Bridges is their only uh, player back that averaged double digits last year. So um, he's back. But Auburn brings back seven guys that were in the rotation. I like Auburn plus one. Uh, I still like him as favorites. I'd probably just go money line because you never know. I think that's going to be a close game. And I lean under in the game. Really quick in Maction. Uh, I bet uh, Ball State plus nine and a half. I wanted a 10. It never got to 10. They're playing Northern Illinois right now. It's scoreless. I can't make Rocky Lombardi, who's been at Northern Illinois and in college football, was also at Michigan State. He's been in college football for like 10 years. He's terrible. Uh, Northern Illinois on defense, they have a top 20 pass defense, but they really can't stop the run in Ball State. They don't throw the ball. They're 116th in passing, but they could run the ball. They have a dual-threat quarterback who has 347 rushing yards and four touchdowns the last two weeks. And then they have a good running back in Marquez Cooper as well. And he has, you look at the last two games, 252 yards in the last two games. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball, at least keep it close. And then I like uh, Western Michigan on the money line. Western Michigan's 3-6 and six on the season. Central Michigan is uh, a five-win football team, yet Western Michigan at home is a three-point favorite. They can move the ball. They're not good defensively. Obviously, they're a three-win football team, but they're second in the MAC in total offense and third in scoring. So really quick, Western Michigan money line, you could still get the same price. And Ball State, anything over eight and a half, I like, uh, if you want to bet those live with me. Three of the four college football teams that we have on our TVs right now, under Stink. 500. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those nights. Yeah, and not again, the, not you, the best can, action. you can win any game, any angle, whatever you find. If that works, that works. But sometimes you just look at it and say, you know what? I'm out. Kind of like the way Thursday Night Football looks like at this point now, if we're being honest with ourselves, yes. guys. Like, did the Jets know they had a game last night? Uh, the Jets did not know they had a game last night. Uh, luckily, kicker props came through. I'm just going to keep betting kicker props. Yep. Definitely Both Thursday night. Both of them night. hit, right? Both hit last night. I'm going to do the same thing Thursday night, because I can't imagine those offenses moving the ball at all. We're not going to see Justin Fields. They can pretend that we're going to see him, but he's not going to be out there. So, no you know, it kind of is what it is. Meanwhile, we got the Rams signing Carson Wentz. I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather have Zach Wilson than Carson Wentz. Oh, oh, this is actually a good discussion. Um, I think yeah, I'd go. Yeah, Car I'm, oh, no, I'm with Tristan on this. I think I'd go Carson Wentz, guys. I may rather have like you. Well, like, that, that's thank you, thank you. I've got a strong arm. Uh, I look. Yeah, I look when's deep. the last time? When's the uh, last time you uh, <laughs> threw you a football deep? Uh, it's been a long time. Three step drop with a with a Khalil Mack in your face. Well, uh, zero actually. Joey Khalil Bosa. Mack. Joey Bosa made some plays. Khalil Mack time. running at me instantly. I'm getting rid of the getting rid of the football. But yeah, like it'd be like uh, Gino earlier in the year. Yeah, <laughs> that shows you where the Rams are at this point. I mean, if Matt Stafford is going to be hit or miss play, not play. We don't really know what the status is at this point. Signing Carson Wentz tells us they're looking for more depth, Ugh. and they know uh, we have a problem with Brett Rippon as our backup quarterback, right? No. It's starting quarterback, it's left tackle, backup quarterback. Three most important positions in the NFL, and the Rams don't have that. So they went Carson Wentz, and I will just say this. Carson Wentz as a backup quarterback, one of the better backup quarterbacks in terms of talent that's out there in the NFL. No, you know what they're doing right now? So the Rams, I didn't even think of this. Now I've thought of it. Now it all makes sense. So Sean McVay, you know how Nick Saban 
every other year, Alabama, obviously, like their offensive coordinator is going to get a better job. He's most likely going to become mm-hmm. a head coach because he's calling plays for Alabama and they're averaging 40 points per game in the SEC. But he always takes on these guys like Lane, um, you know, like Bill O'Brien, uh, these guys that are kind of like down on their luck a little bit. And then he, it's, I call it the Nick Saban rehab program. Yeah. You know, Sark, another great example. Correct. You know, usually uh, they have some issues um, away from the field. That's what McVay's doing right now. Like, he has the Sean McVay rehab program for quarterbacks. Last year it was Baker Mayfield. Now he's in Tampa Bay, once again a starter. And let's be honest, Baker's probably the best starting quarterback in that division. He is the best starting quarterback in the division. Heineke's not better. Yeah, so that's what McVay's going to do now with Carson Wentz. Hey, if anybody could fix this guy, I could get him. I could get him back going. I don't know. They're That's like the why Oklahoma, he didn't go they're to like the, the Oklahoma City Thunder for the NFL, right? Oklahoma City Thunder takes Al Horford. They let him sit there for a while. All of a sudden, he's back, back in Boston. They do the same thing for Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul. They do the same. I mean, the list goes really on and yeah. on. Kemba Walker, the fixer. When yeah. you say that, it makes me think of the uh, the Derek Zoolander Center for Children Who Can't Read Good. Come on That's in here, Carson. <laughs> Let me get you some chicken noodle soup, all right? Back in 2017, we run a draw with Todd Gurley here on second down, okay? That brings up third and two. We drop back with Jared Goff. Yeah, that's my McVay. I mean, great. It, oh, we're sixth again? Wow. Oh, here you go. All right, so Oregon. Oregon. We already got the— Top 25 being revealed in college football playoff. Oregon 6. They put Washington Washington at 5 again. Which they have Florida State this weekend, don't they? Um, Isn't that this weekend? Washington? Washington? No, they have— Why do I think they have Florida State this weekend? No, no, Washington this weekend They've got Utah, you said, Scott? Yes, Utah. Utah, okay. They're uh, 9.5-point favorites I don't know why I thought they had a game against Florida State. No. No. I think Maybe they I were both up on the thinking. graphic. I think Maybe they were that's both what it was. Maybe graphic. I saw that and thought that yeah. it was a game. Yeah, you lose. Yeah. Ooh, Western so Michigan. Okay, so we're in the end zone right now. Western <laughs> Michigan, 6 nothing. Ball State, 7 nothing. You couldn't ask for a better start. All right, so Oregon's going to be 6. Washington going to be 5 here. I don't know, like, what's what's really going to change from last week? I don't think much. Um, I can't imagine much is going to change, if we're being honest. Can't. Florida State's probably still going to be at 4. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't think Ohio State moves from being number one. So you got Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State, Florida yeah. State, and yeah. I don't think anything will change. There you go. There. Nothing's Unless they want to be like controversial and they'll like mix something up a little bit. Like here. put Georgia one or something. I would love to see like Alabama number three. Like... <laughs> Not there yet. One loss Alabama team, though they are climbing. Pops out of nowhere. Um, see, it, man, I really need. Okay, so oh, okay, Michigan number three. Mm-hmm. So they uh, are sitting there still at three. I wanted to see maybe if they would go down to four, get punished a little bit. Because now I see, like, beat reporters and people with Heisman votes no. are making the case against J.J. McCarthy. I don't think you could punish Michigan. I think if you punish Michigan, you have to punish him next season. Like, and I get it. Um, turns out, like, what they're doing is is BS. But at the same time, I just I don't want to see the kids get punished. And I want to see them be able to finish out the season. And if J.J. McCarthy loses Heisman votes, if he goes out there and balls out against Penn State – and against Ohio State to close out the season, I think that that's BS. You know what I mean? You really yeah. can't punish him. And now Michigan can't steal signs. You know what I mean? Like now they have to go into their two biggest matchups of the season, and they are not going to be able to do this because all eyeballs are going to be on them. Well, Michigan's also now come out and said that Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue have shared their signs. Yeah. Everybody's stealing signs from everybody. And if Ohio State Let's and Penn State pretending. don't change but their signs, But when they call TCU they and they're like, hey, you need to know this. Okay, right. Georgia number two.
Yep. Nothing's so changed. So, no, same there thing. you go. Ohio State's one, Georgia's two, Michigan three, and Florida State four. College Hoops is back, too. Jim Root going to look at the season with us next. It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. The one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three team parlay last night in the national, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now I get into bed and like attempt to fall asleep last night at the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one, nothing on a goal by my guy Yamamoto scores and the Kraken take a one, nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in like that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, you just wake up, uh, maybe there's a noise, you gotta go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season, and I absolutely love it. Jenks, if you could have one brand uh, sponsor you, what do you think that brand would be? What brand would sponsor me? I don't know, some sort of bourbon or something, probably. That's that's what I'd go with. I don't know. I'd have to think about my favorite bourbon. You know, just throw it out like, oh, that's a good one too, Matt. I would either be sponsored by McDonald's because I love the McRib and I'm passionate about the McRib. Or maybe like Woodford or some sort of just solid bourbon. I don't know. I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse. A fast food sandwich from McDonald's or some booze. (laughs) I think that's perfectly in line. What about you? I'm not sure I was thinking about this. Because so much of like marketing and brand management is about awareness. I'm not sure if I have it. Like, I feel like I am so different in so many regards, like maybe like a healthy smoothie place. I don't know. Uh, I do. I wear a lot of Lululemon, but like, I don't think I'm like cool enough to maybe represent them. But the reason I bring this up is because Mm -hmm. it feels like we have the perfect partnership in the NFL between Kirk Cousins and Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have you seen somebody's sure sponsored by Kohl's? 
Like they look right up his alley and I tip my hat to him. I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me at all. It's actually perfect. Perfect guy. I will give Kirk Cousins credit enough, you know, and you you mentioned it, which is at least he's self-aware enough to know. You know, that's the worst. People just have no self-awareness at all, and they'll dress a certain way or they'll act a certain way, and they just don't see why what they're doing or what they're wearing is ridiculous. But I think this is chef's kiss. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. talking to a couple folks about this and I think Drake may even Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. College basketball getting off to a start, I guess we could say. Uh, Michigan State going down to JMU. I, I mean, listen, it's, <laughs> it's very early in the season, but when you get little surprises like that, guys, we're watching it last night during Monday Night Football going, wait, is this, is this, oh, Oh, this is... It's one thing if it's JMU football. It's another thing if it's James Madison basketball. Maybe JMU is just a monster now. I mean... Maybe they're just the new blue chip program on the block. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I mean, like, you see that every once in a while where a team will hang in there for the first half, and then you kind of just expect Michigan State to get themselves yeah. right because they're a top-five team. But uh, that's what I love about college basketball, man. There's a lot of parity now, obviously. You know what I mean? Kind of kind of what I it's expected. A lot different. Expected it to turn around, and then Michigan State go, oh, that's cute, and then, like, you know, hold them out like a little brother where they're swinging their arms by their forehead and saying just keep swinging your arms guys we're gonna win this but in in the end wasn't the case so all right when is college basketball season yes real quick on yes. jmu they're having a moment if uh-huh. i can gloat as a proud dad oh, that's a kid who goes there jmu's men's soccer team beat number one ucf a couple oh, nights that's right. wow really? huge trista huge Football nine and zero, oh, making noise, making waves. They should yeah, be in a bowl put game. Put in a bowl game. Should be in a bowl game. Do the right thing. They want to eat scumbags. Somebody's table. And today, the university released a letter saying, "Hey, NCAA, we we understand the two year thing, but we're growing by leaps and bounds. Women's soccer at large for that tournament, and then men's basketball beat number four. They were, I think, sixteen and a half dogs, as you may have pointed out already. Mm-hmm. Sparty goes one for twenty from deep Oof. and shoots sixty two percent, which is not an ISO calling card." That, those teams, his teams, this guy's usually nail free yep. throws. Pretty terrible. Hashtag go Dukes. Hey, Hashtag listen. hate to see it. I got some love for the Dukes. My wife went there, so it's good. My Woo. aunt went there. I got I got some family from James Madison. There's a little something there, but 
in the end back in the day. They were they were conference rivals guys of my George Mason Patriots when they were in the CAA. In the end, uh, JMU football, whole lot better. Whole lot better than what Mason has. But apparently basketball, too. And when it's college basketball season, our buddy Jim Root jumps on with us. Three-man weave, field of 68. Good to talk to you. Good to have you back. That means we got college basketball season starting now. And what do you make of what happened last night? James Madison and what happened against uh, Michigan State. Yeah, first of all, guys, great to be on. Uh, I'm sorry we don't get to look at each other's smiling faces. Uh, I'm jealous that you get that, you know. Maybe next time we'll get it all straightened out and we can we can get it through the we uh, hope. Oh God, Jim, it would be here. so nice if technology Fingers worked crossed. for us. That's all that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. All I'm right? gonna say. Oh, we'll man. see. <laughs> oh I, well, you know, I am sure Michigan State was, was hoping that their veterans worked a little better last night. It was pretty much the Tyson Walker show for them. And, and that was, you know, I'll get to James Madison in a second, but that was concerning for me. You know, the big thing with Michigan State was they bring everybody back except Joey Hauser. They should be able to kind of hit the ground running. And we saw the defense look terrible in the exhibition game against Tennessee. Now, I know that's exhibition. It doesn't officially count. But it was basketball that was televised. And then you follow that up with a, a loss of a big double-digit home favorite against James Madison. It's just a little bit concerned. You know, Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, just kind of giving the ball to Tyson Walker and standing around seemed like they just weren't quite ready for the moment. Uh, Michigan State upside really hinges on if they get the front incorporated and they did not do that yesterday Xavier Booker barely played Jeremy Fears barely played uh, Cohen Carr looked good and it's hard to, hard to keep him off the floor with his athleticism but yeah Michigan State has some some issues to work out I feel like that's kind of a, a consistent Thomas Hill thing he doesn't want to peek in, uh, in in November anyways now James Madison really impressive team um, they've kind of been known for getting up and down and being really deep in the past under Mark Byington but they got some real star performances yesterday uh, Terrence Edwards was terrific. Michael Green made some great, great passes down the stretch. I, I think it says a little more about Michigan State and where they should be right now. But, man, James Madison already putting people on notice for uh, if they get a 12 next to their names in March, people are going to remember this one and, and probably pick them as a, a popular upset come the, the big dance. And you're right, because Michigan State last year, even in the Phil Knight Invitational, did not look good. They That offense can look really, really stagnant. Uh, same thing happened, though, I think, last year with UNC. UNC was ranked number one overall, and we saw them play one or two games uh, in the Phil Knight Invitational. We knew, oh, yeah, that's that's a bad ranking. That's just not <laughs> – they, they are not it. Jim, if you had to guess, who is this year's UNC? Oh, team that just, like, really underwhelms? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Well, you know, I think Florida Atlantic got that reputation just because it was the same thing, like the nine seed that runs to the Final Four and then, then has you know, kind of the disappointing season to follow up on that. Um, I, Gonzaga would have been, if they were in a power conference and had the, the potential to, to drop a bunch of games, I just don't really trust their defense. But looking at, you know, some of the top teams and ones that could really struggle and maybe not meet expectations. I think Alabama is somebody that I'm a little concerned about. They had a great opener yesterday. Can't take anything away from them. They're 1-0 against the spread. Shout out to the Tide. But um, their, their best three players are mid-major transfers. Uh, their top scorer yesterday, Grant Nelson, uh, is a seven-footer from North Dakota State. That you know the, the physicality and the athleticism of stepping up to the SEC eventually catch up to him a little bit. I just have a little bit of concern with them. Uh, Nate Oates' teams tend to have like an on-again, off-again relationship with defense by season. Mm -hmm. And they were elite defensively last year, didn't look good defensively last night. I think there's a chance this team dips a little bit on that end, especially given some of the, the mid-major caliber personnel. Uh, and if that, they don't clean that up, 
that could be a, a long-term flaw and lead to them drifting downwards a really, really competitive SEC. Jim, usually I like to stay away from big favorites the first couple weeks of the season, but I'm tempted to play some Iowa tonight. Now, they're 20.5-point favorites at BetMGM against North Dakota. The game tips off in about 33 minutes. Do you like anything, or would you do anything with Iowa? What do you think about them this season in the Big Ten? Yeah, I, in the Big Ten, I'm a little skeptical, but these are the love Iowa. They, they are a home-run, big home favorite under Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, I think in their last 10 games, the 15-point home favorite, they're 9-1 against the spread. The only one they did not cover was right around Christmas last year. They were injured. They kind of slept walking. They lost out right to Eastern Illinois as a 30-point favorite. But the nine games before that, they, they love to torch teams. They've got a super potent offense kind of typical of Fran McCaffrey don't play a ton of defense uh, but they just they know how to blitz these teams they're motivated I think McCaffrey kind of stays on them all throughout the second half they don't really let up uh, in, in the last 20 games as a 15 point home favorite they're 16 and four against the spread and the over is 16 three and one like they, they just score they're, they're probably going to put up 90 or close to 100 um, and North Dakota is going to try to run with them but I don't think that's going to go well so yeah I'm I'm on Iowa, and I think that's probably the smart bet with the, the way McCaffrey goes about his business in these five games. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight, uh, what do you think of the very early returns that we've gotten from uh, Isaiah Collier, that USC freshman? A lot of hype, number one recruit in a lot of different uh, rankings there, and what do you think of USC in general? Yeah, I, I was a little skeptical, and in full disclosure, I was on Kansas State last night and got, got that handed to me, a, a big old L. Uh, but USC typically... In like eight of Andy Enfield's years at USC, he's landed between like 45th and 55th on Ken Palm. It's just kind of where he is and lives. Then one year where they were above that and one year where they were below that. Now, the year they were above it was because they had Evan Mobley, a special top five NBA mm -hmm. draft type of talent. And now you give them Isaiah Collier, who might be that exact same kind of thing. You know, not the, not the same player, obviously, but. He looked terrific last night, just the size, the physicality, the ability to score, but also a very, very willing passer. And they've got some guys that can finish plays, and then Boogie Ellis can shoot, a bunch of athletic big men that make it really hard to score inside. So, yeah, their length combined with having a backcourt combination with Collier and Ellis, I think gives them pretty high upside. And if they get Bronny James back, who's a knockdown shooter, really, really good on-ball defender, suddenly that team starts to look impressive and, and maybe they can kind of get to the heights of, of the, I think it was the 2021 team that had Evan Mobley and, and made it to the Elite Eight. I was just about to ask you about Bronny. When do you think we actually see him on the court and how impactful do you think he's going to be? I, I think it was Dave McMenamin from ESPN last night that tweeted like LeBron said he's got a doctor appointment closer to the end of this month and they're hoping that goes well and then he can get back on the court uh, practicing. So maybe something like mid-December and they ease him in as they get into Christmas and hopefully get him on the on the floor come conference play. I think he's going to be super impactful and maybe not in the way that people expect, like, oh, you're, you're related to LeBron, you're going to light up the scoreboard and be kind of the standout star. On that team, he doesn't need to be. With the way Collier and Ellis can score and the way the front court is, is so productive inside – I think he's just going to be another shutdown defender, uh, a shot maker that spaces the floor. And if he's willing to embrace that role as, as more like the, the third banana on the perimeter, I think that could really weaponize that USC offense and, and make them tough to deal with on the stretch or you know later in the year because good backcourts win in March, and they, they certainly could have one if Bronny gets incorporated into that team.
I'm looking at the conference futures. Is there anything that you like? I'm looking at the SEC, and I mean, Tennessee is the favorite at three to one, and then it's Texas A&M five to one, Florida at six to one, Kentucky six to one. That's kind of crazy to see. Uh, anything that you've played or anything that you like that's still available? Uh, in the SEC, I, I think Arkansas is a really good bet. Um, yeah. The fact that they're not even in that top four is kind of jarring to me. Um, part of it is that Eric Musselman's success has typically come in the postseason where he runs to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, um, and, and, and typically has had kind of a swoon in early January that has derailed their SEC contention. But this team is really experienced. There's a lot of veterans on it. They don't really go they have a couple good freshmen but they don't need them they've got like nine other transfers and returners that are rock solid i think that should make them a little less prone to that swoon uh, that has come in the past and with that depth they've got a little more shooting Traymond mark the houston transfer and caleb battle from temple uh, gave them i think seven made threes last night that's kind of what they were missing last year you add that to the athleticism that they typically always have, the size. I think Trevon Brazil is an NBA prospect. He's back from an ACL tear mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think Arkansas has got really high upside and, and could make a, a serious run in the SEC. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. All right, let's look at the futures market here. Kansas is the favorite, 10-1 to 1 to win the t- national title. Purdue, well, we know Purdue lets us down every single year, so I would just say probably stay away from them at 11-1. to 1. Any team that you like early on to maybe win the national title or maybe more of a long shot you think we should maybe sprinkle in on? Yeah, my pick is Duke, so I know that's kind of boring and, and they're very high up in the odds. It, the, the, I, I, the one I picked to be the runner-up at the start of the year, though, is Creighton. Uh, they're they're tipping off later tonight as like a 35 point favorite, but you put them, you know, 30 to one. I think that's kind of the price that's generally out there. I just love the way they're constructed. Uh, they lost Ryan Nembhard to the portal, Arthur Kaluma to the portal, but there were some whispers that maybe they had some locker room stuff last year. People didn't totally get along, and I think losing Kaluma actually ends up being a net benefit for them. And they brought in Stephen Ashworth, a guy from Utah State that made 123s for a, a, a NCAA tournament team. And you add that to Trey Alexander, he gets a little more playmaking responsibility now without Nemhard. Baylor Shireman's a, a very versatile wing. And then Kalkbrenner is just like the, the heartbeat of that team. Dominates the paint on both ends. McDermott was never really known for having good defenses until Kalkbrenner came along. And now they're just dominant at the rim uh, with, with him in there. I think Creighton's got really high upside. I think they're a little better than last year, and they were you know like a, a bucket away from going to the Final Four. So the Blue Jays, I think, are, are a future team worth taking a shot on right now. And the team that knocked them off, San Diego State, I wanted to get your thoughts on. 25th ranked right now in Ken Palm. They still have some of those same guys like Lamont Butler. What do you think they can be, and is there other you know, mid-major sleepers that we should be watching early? Uh, Trista, I feel like you're coming after all my, my losses last night. I, I backed <laughs> Cal State Fullerton, and they were down two at halftime, and then they, they got absolutely smashed in the second half. And that was eye-opening for me, uh, what, what San Diego State did there. I was maybe a little skeptical, especially with Darian Trammell, the, the returning point card. He, he didn't play last night, but they looked terrific. Uh, a lot more offensive juice than I thought they had. They got some, some made threes from Micah Parrish and Reese Waters, the transfer from USC. And Dutcher, their coach, is just such a good defensive tactician. Um, I, I thought losing Nathan Mensa, the anchor of their defenses, would, would hurt them. But, man, they completely shut down Fortune in that second half. Uh, so I think they're probably the best team in the Mountain West again. Um, I, I could see them getting something similar as last year, like kind of a 5-6-7 seed and going to be really, really tough out in the postseason because they defend and they've got some pretty star play. You mentioned Butler. He obviously hit that big shot at the Final Four. 
they, they're they're tough, they're physical, and they've got seemingly enough offense to, to make some noise again. Uh, Jim, we've got about 60 seconds before we let you go. I have to ask you about, I guess, the biggest game of the night, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and DePaul. No, kidding. Uh, Auburn, <laughs> Baylor. Uh, Baylor, one-and-a-half-point dog now, and the total is 147-and-a-half. Anything you like in this game? Hey, I'm in Chicago. We're playing possessed with DePaul basketball. But, no, uh, Auburn-Baylor, I think there's going to be points. I think this game gets up and down. I think the shooting backdrop in this, uh, the Pentagon and Sioux Falls where this is being played is really, really solid. And you add that to two teams that have pretty good guard play, guys that can score. I think there's going to be some made shots and some tempo. So I know it's been bet up a little bit in the market, but, you know, up around 147.5, even, even 148 I think is okay. Uh, I think we see a lot of points in that one and gives us that entertaining game that everybody's kind of craving between two high major, likely NCAA tournament teams. Jim Root, three-man weave, field of 68. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I know it's early. Like, college basketball Psych. always sneaks up on you, but then you just kind of, like, get immersed in it. You yep. know? I love Psych. it. It happens nothing, very quickly. Nothing gets the, gets the gears going like a 19-year-old missing some free throws <laughs> that cost me a couple units oh, on a Wednesday God. night. One of the worst, though. Late game management in college basketball. Not great, it's, Bob. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough. So is Aaron Rodgers the Jets' knight in shining armor? Could, maybe? Hmm. Would even matter after what we saw last night. Bet oh. MGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. With the loss, Drake may look better in that loss than Caleb looked in his his loss. And I, the big thing for me when I'm watching these games, and, 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 and I'm looking for advancement, right? I'm looking for development. Um, and I just, I, I don't see him getting better. I see him doing a lot of the same things. And... Now that teams have a beat on it, they're making him make mistakes. And now that he's making mistakes, there's frustration, and you can see it on the sidelines, and that's the whole deal. So when I look at him, I think May has an opportunity to push, but I also think Penix, a guy who I said should be the front runner for the Heisman, Penix has an opportunity to push as well. And so with Caleb Williams, we also have to go to the NFL, right? And so you got to look at what Lincoln Riley's done. And he's had Kyler Murray. I'm not giving him Jalen Hurts. I am going to, I'm going to leave Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I am. I'm going to leave him at Alabama simply because there's no other Oklahoma quarterbacks that are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Baker Mayfield also as a top pick and both of those guys, one's been around the league. He's already been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley and you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly, but he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that that makes their best plays without with it outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming more of a Drake May and Michael Pinch are becoming more. Um, they're bubbling up from everyone I talked to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing are, is teams want guys that can still play within the structure.
I think we need to mm-hmm. set some parameters for roasting people for oh. their bets. Because I'm not going to lie, last week's teaser was absolutely terrible. I don't think I hit a single leg in it, which is fine. And at the end of the day, it counts for one bet. So people are saying, oh, all of your takes were terrible. Listen, if you lose a parlay or a teaser by one leg or four, mm-hmm. it does not matter. It counts the same. But there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say, all yeah. of these picks were terrible. Well, you have to say that before the game starts or else you just look like a Monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say, oh, you should have picked this team. So can we set some parameters for roasting people's picks? I say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts, you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all. Yes. If you roast someone after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's that's lowbrow thinking. So yeah, if you're going to call somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that. Also, if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults, I'm not going <laughs> to acknowledge you. Because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning, you say, hey, I have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong, and I think you need to consider this, other than just somebody simply commenting, wrong. Like, that's the worst. (laughs) Like, you can't even argue with these people. Because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap do you disagree with specifically? And they never have an answer. And they just follow up, see, you were wrong. I'm like, okay, well, if you can't tell me why I was wrong, then like you don't have any grounds for insults. And also another thing, if you don't have your pick. With three and out from each side, Thomas Morstead has had in some ways his best year at 37 years old. Drives Darius Davis back and a pretty good return. Good's turning to great. Darius Davis, he is gone. There are no flags on the field, and those are the first points on this Monday night. Touchdown for the rookie. Third down and four. Herbert floats it. Allen, what a catch! Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, man, those Jets could use Aaron Rodgers, couldn't they? He said it'll be a, quote, a few fortnights on the Pat McAfee show, which if you don't know what a fortnight is, I learned this, uh, it's about two weeks. It's old English, I guess. So, yeah, I know Fortnite as a video game, and that's it. So, apparently, it uh, means a couple weeks, which lines up. My kid loves Fortnite. Does he? He's really into Fortnite. So, oh, yeah. serious question. Maybe you'll know the answer to this. I probably Why? don't. If Fortnite means a couple weeks, why is it called Fortnite? I have no idea. Okay, I'm I think not it's a... uh, I think it literally has to do with how it used to be in the old days before they tracked stuff. So, are you a Fortnite? Uh, for, a Fortnite? Fortnite? Are you a Fortnite? It's Tuesday, man, and it is like it is. I know that clock says 7:43. Yeah. It's midnight. It's yeah. You can't convince me that it's not midnight. <laughs> the right time now. change is brutal, man. I was driving in here. It's pitch black. I was like, oh god. No, man, not. It means this ain't working. 14 no. nights in exactly. Old English. The two E's are gone, so instead of yes. 14 night, it's Fortnite. 
So yeah. why is the game called oh, bid Fortnite, good guys? As we bid them good morrow. I don't know why the game is. I, I'm not a video gamer. I just... I just like these old terms. Kind of hoping that the dad with a 10-year-old here would be able to tell Come us. Dylan is here to help got us. Nothing. Dylan, what you got? The game, the game got its name uh -huh. from the game's Save the World mode, where the original goal was to survive for a fortnight. Oh, God, that's how I feel this and week with all this. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> how many weeks what until I go it? down oh, allergies or sicknesses? My throat's been bothering me for two straight weeks. I wake up and it's swollen, and I can barely swallow, and I say... Lord, please Pause. just get me through another day. <laughs> but at least you don't have a tort Achilles, so of there's talking, that. Of talking for 20 straight hours a day. Sometimes I don't know. Like, I could probably count on my hand how many minutes I've been silent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I just sometimes need to take a minute oh, yeah. to not talk to anyone. A deep breath, just... <sighs> there's so many there hits. There's so many... Yeah. Do we... Do, uh, I, I'll be, I gotta be honest with you guys. I am now... And I thought Ryan was crazy... Because usually you well, are crazy. I'm a little crazy. You're usually crazy. Uh, I am now in on the Aaron Rodgers coming back in December. Yeah, he's train. coming back, like, man. This is happening. He's coming back. Like I got a couple messages last night. People that believe that the Jets may be a legit contender if they get Aaron Rodgers oh, back. Oh boy. No, I mean like, all right. So that doesn't sound like it makes sense because they scored six points last night. The offense was terrible. Oh, was Zach bad. Wilson dropped back 49 times and still only didn't throw for 300 yards, which kind of tells you everything about Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, that defense. Justin Herbert, I had to go back and look at this. 136 passing yards, no passing touchdowns. That's just the fifth time in his career. I know it's a four-year career, but they just shut everything down. I mean, Austin Eckler, 47 yards on the ground. He had the two touchdowns, but the Jets' defense is really damn good, guys. I feel so terrible for that defense because they're asked to do so much. They're on the field nonstop. That offense can't sustain drives. They can't keep the sticks moving. They're not good on standard downs. They're not explosive. But that defense is Super Bowl-level defense. So uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to try to come back, but you look at that upcoming schedule, they're going to need to win at least two games here. If he believes that he could come back in six weeks, I think they actually need to win at least three games. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, if that's the target date. I, I I mean, will he come back if they're not even? No, no. Like, I mean, unless he wants to come back because oh, he has no, something to prove. Music. Maybe he has something to prove to himself. Do they He's beat going the Bills the again rehab. in Buffalo? See, see yeah. that right there. They could the the prove to yourself thing. I don't think it matters what the Jets' record is. If Aaron Rodgers is physically cleared to play football this season, he will get out there on the field this year and play football. They could be a team that's sitting in the 10th, 11th spot in the AFC, I think he still comes back just to be able to say, I did it. Because he's talked about this from the beginning. And it goes far beyond what happens on the field. It goes far beyond what the record is for the Jets. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won his MVPs with the Packers. This is just to continue playing football. This just feels like the, see, I told you so. And it's dangerous. Because I can remember years ago, RG3, all in for week one after he tore his ACL after his rookie year. And he was, and he was 23. Never the same again. Aaron yeah. Rodgers to come back at a record pace from a torn Achilles at 39 years old is, look, I get it. You're going to get cleared. If the doctors say you're okay, you're okay. But it's just, it's it ain't the same. But I, I, I would be shocked at this point if he's cleared to play this year and he doesn't play. Yeah, I think he's going to at least try to give it a go, especially if the offensive line is creating even a little protection, Ooh. right? Well, I know that's a, that's a big <laughs> yeah. piece. That's a problem, yeah. I mean, you could say, like, 
Zach Wilson's holding on to the ball too long, but I don't know. That offensive line is bad. He's under constant pressure. I mean, like last night, like Joey Bosa hasn't looked that good in years. Uh, Khalil Mack had the six-sack six sack game a couple weeks ago, but, I mean, they made the Chargers defense look really good, guys, and the Chargers defense, as we know, is not very good. No. But, I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers also feels like he owes something to his teammates. Like, he said to Garrett Wilson when he walked off the field with that injury, he's like, I'm sorry, kid. And Garrett Wilson, like, he's like... I knew Devontae was the guy in Green Bay when there was the Brett Hundley year. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Randall Cobb did nothing. Jordy Nelson did nothing. And Devontae still went out there and balled out every single game. And that's what Garrett Wilson's doing. Like, last night he had 13 targets. He caught seven of them Mm -hmm. for 80 yards with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. Imagine what he'd be doing with Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like Rodgers thinks that he owes something to his teammates. Maybe he wants to get on the same page because he's already committed to coming back next year. Especially because, like, if he does come back, it might be too late to get anything going this season. Also, you know, the money that they spent on that side of the ball. So the defense is the real deal, but the offense, even with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. Garrett Wilson's great. Brees Hall's great. The offensive line stinks. And Alan Lazard is not worth $40 million. I'm sorry. And Randall Cobb is washed. So those guys have been really, really, really bad. So I 27th wonder... 27th in adjusted line rate, if you were wondering, and 25th in stuffed rank. So not good. 21st and second level. Yeah, really, really bad. Really, really bad. I got to be honest with you guys, though. I'm so out on the Chargers. 28th in sack rate. That's that's the worst one, I think. Like, it's... 10.4% of the time. It, it was... None of those teams looked good last night. You know what I mean? Like, we there was really... No. Again, we saw flashes, obviously, of the Jets' defense. That mattered. But I'm watching Justin Herbert, and I'm watching that Chargers offense against this Jets team, and it's... I don't care how good they are defensively. If you go 16 of 30 for 136 yards... And you get sacked five times. Who, which, which one was that? Was that Zach Wilson? Or that was, that was Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Zach Wilson okay, got so, sacked eight times. So, right, so it's like it was just bad all the way around for both quarterbacks. Then we need to stop the Zach Wilson slander because when Justin Herbie is getting sacked five times and passing for under 175 yards, and I know that the Jets' defense is very, very good, and the Chargers' defense is worse than the Jets, obviously, but like both these quarterbacks were. Not, not good. But here's at all. the thing: Who would you take right now, Zach well, Wilson or Justin I would take Herbert? Justin so Herbert. Well, Herbert yeah. hasn't been very good. This no, he has not. I mean, compared to his standards, no. Um, I mean, he had 136 passing yards. The Jets' defense is good, but yeah, I mean, actually, the Jets' defense is really damn good. Though, look what they've done against all the mm-hmm. elite quarterbacks. Like Robert Sala had. I mean, he wasn't just you know throwing stuff at the wall. They shut down Josh Allen week one, and I know you could say that's Josh Allen. They're gonna do it again. But, I mean, this defense is really damn good, and that's why they went all in for Aaron Rodgers. And it uh, sucks to see them at 4-4, four and four, but they are still 4-4, four and four, and um, they still have some winnable games coming up, even in the AFC. So they just have to stay afloat, and I think Rodgers is definitely coming back. Yeah, I mean, afloat is kind of all – like, the Jets are at least in a little bit of a better spot, right? Like, Where, they got the Raiders coming up. That's yeah. a winnable game. Um, although, I don't know, man. The Raiders are playing better football. It's one week, one, you know, data point. But did you see Devontae Adams even last night or the other night was it an NBA game and the official was joking around with them like, oh, you guys played a little bit better. And he's like, yeah, expect that from now on. Things are going to get better. I think they just really hated Josh McDaniels. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a certain point, right? Attitude they were reflect- selling. Attitude yeah. reflects leadership. Yeah. I think that's one of the best quotes that you could have. One of my favorite movies. And you look at where they were. They didn't want to play for him. That team looked like they just gave up on playing football. Antonio Pierce, after the game, did you see what he talked about with uh, the, the practice squad guys? 
having them on the sidelines there. He's like, you practice all week. They're a part of this team. Why would they not be out there? They should be a part of this. Like, just little stuff like that. Paying attention Basketball to... Basketball hoop in the locker room. Yeah, paying attention to little details that'll either, one, build, like, a little bit more chemistry between everybody there, a better culture that's there. Whatever the case is, Antonio Pierce is a former player. And yep. He sees that, and he gets it. And you didn't have that with Josh McDaniels. So, yeah, you never know what you're going to get from the Raiders moving forward. I'm not going to put a lot of stock into what they did against the Giants, but I am going to look moving forward thinking, okay, that offense can clearly at least put up some points. They were being held back by their head coach, who everybody also unloaded on in that last meeting before he was fired, too. How many people has Tom Brady gotten paid exorbitant money off of something that they really didn't deserve? Josh McDaniel, Matt Patricia, multiple players once they left the Patriots organization. They're just eating off that Tom Brady glory. It's like LeBron and a lot of his guys, Mm -hmm. too. Yep. That's what happens when you're around greatness. Just the stench of greatness rubs off. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Josh McDaniels, for all intents and purposes, we already knew stunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was with Denver Stunk. Mm -hmm. I think he could be a decent OC again. Or I think he could be a good OC again. I, I don't think he's a head coach, though. Well, and, uh, there's no way anybody hires him I mean, as a head coach now. Well, especially, I, you don't I was, think so? I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. He hasn't he made got it two job. years in both of his right. jobs. There's I was no say, way. I mean, especially the way that these last two times, the way that it's went down, I don't think he gets another job. No, way. I think he'll have to be an OC. He'll be he'll be a good offensive coordinator. Like he could go coach maybe at like maybe college. Like yeah, he could go to like Florida and M or something. No, seriously, like, like he could be a co- he could be a college. We'll probably co- be watching him. Yeah, like in a couple years, we'll be here on a Wednesday night, most likely nine p.m. Co- coaching Ball be- State. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so the Jets have the Raiders coming up, and even that's not that's not a slam dunk. No. It's in Vegas. Yeah, prime time. They're gonna get up for that game. You know what I mean? Like the Raiders are gonna get up for the prime time game. Then they get the Bills on the road. Then it's the Dolphins. Then it's Atlanta. There's a winnable game, but that's December 3rd. I don't know if the Texans then are a winnable the, game. I, I think the Texans are a better Texans team. Texans are a good team. Yeah. I really like the Texans. And then like it's the, the Dolphins Texans. again. And then it's the Commanders. So I don't know, man. Yeah. They would need to win. God, I don't know. Probably two or three of these. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to get the Raiders, and you'd have to get Atlanta, and you'd have to get the Texans. And then you, you hope for the best against the Bills, the Dolphins, your, your AFC East opponents. I don't know, though. I don't feel good when you're putting up six points against the damn Chargers and Brandon Staley, that doofus. It's a a massively crowded AFC, like we expected. In some ways, though, I kind of look at it and go, "Ah, it's not as top-heavy maybe as we thought. Like, you can poke holes in the Chiefs and the Ravens, even in the Jags. Maybe they throw the ball to Brees Hall instead of Michael Carter, the sequel. That would be nice. Get home. That would be nice. Brees Hall getting some more uh, receptions, probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. Let's bet MGM tonight.